Ruby and I'm Buffy and this is Blush and Stuff. We're a new TV and film makeup podcast. What you are about to listen to is a recording that took place in March of 2020, right before the global pandemic of COVID-19. So some of the information may seem dated because of that time jump, but we hope you enjoy. So here's our first episode. Thanks. How's it going, friends? Hello. Good morrow. <laughs> I'm Ruby. And I'm Sarah. This is Blush and Stuff. Yeah. This is episode one of Blush and Stuff, too. Which it is. Which is super exciting. Yeah. And we're basically a new podcast. Just want to be... Let's just, just try something out. Just trying to be cooler. That's <laughs> our only motivation here. Just <laughs> trying to get some... Get that sweet street cred. <laughs> Um, and we basically have decided to make a podcast involving makeup yeah. and makeup looks from TV and film. We're both makeup artists. We're very new to the industry. Um, both went to Vancouver Film School mm-hmm. and we decided that, one, we're kind of funny, two, we're friends, and <laughs> three, why don't we make a podcast that discusses the different makeup looks of a show, products, artists, and like nerd out a bit about that really and then different also hilarious stories that happen to us because I mean my non-existent career is probably going to plummet <laughs> once I start saying stories about what happens to me on professional film sets yeah or yeah. makeup like <laughs> dilemmas and how I deal with them so we also were just talking about that and we're like wow this can't be awful like <laughs> this can't should be a bad this idea this needs to be shared this yeah needs to it be can't explored. be just us <laughs> or maybe it is, and we'll never get hired again. And that's fine, too. <laughs> so we really need you to like this podcast. <laughs> this is our only out. This is our backup. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so should we get into what we're going to talk about today? We absolutely should. Cool. So right. during the course of these podcasts, we are both going to talk about a different TV or film that we've researched that, you know, that we find interesting makeup or it's a classic makeup kind of film or has won on awards or Mm -hmm. just something that we personally might like. And then we're both going to, yeah, talk about that um, and share it with each other. So it's kind of also like a fun creative project for us to learn more. Yeah. And also we both really enjoy films and the making and the process um, and storytelling. So it was more yeah. for us to hang out and learn Honestly. more <laughs> and just have an excuse to be like, oh, I have to watch this whole series because Damn. I need to talk oh. about it with Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's good. So today we're going to talk about, we decided to just pick, um, like, for the first episode, just a makeup that everybody knows or is familiar with and then something that's kind of relevant right mm-hmm. now, something mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's easy to see. Yeah. So we decided to go with The Grinch. Yes. And Euphoria on HBO. Yeah. Both of which, very different makeups. Extremely. Very different totally. Extremely. Like. Yeah. And one came out in like 2000 and one came out mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah. One's more of a glamour look and one's a prosthetic. Yeah. So we thought film. it'd be kind of a good mix for the first episode. Absolutely. Um, Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Tell me about the green, y'all. Okay, I will. Um, a little snowflake. Honestly, I'd love to live in Whoville. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. The consumerism would kind of drive me oh, insane. yeah, good point. Good but that's point. what the film's about, so maybe times would be there changed. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been 20 years, so maybe... Yeah, people might be maybe very they've, It's very pro- progressive. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
So this movie came up in came out in 2000, which is wild that it's 20 years old. That That's is. That's so crazy. That is. But, um, yeah, it came out in 2000. The head of department was Rick Baker, an amazing makeup artist. <sighs> Just, I mean, so talented. Innovative, I think, is a really good word for him. Yeah. I hope he never chops off his ponytail. I hope so, too. He has had this long ponytail. Beautiful. I mean, I was going to say this long white ponytail, but it's probably only recently become white. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like... He was trained by Dick Smith. Yeah. Who's a grandfather of makeup. They're both just beautiful, beautiful artists. Yeah, very... I so talented. I would give my soul... I was going to say... I'd I give would... My, I was going to say I'd give my left arm, but then I was like, no, I wouldn't, because then I wouldn't be able to make... <laughs> so like, being around him would be nothing. <laughs> I have all this talent, but no arms. Oh, that's such a sad story. <laughs> a dark turn. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> I would, like, Little Mermaid that shit and give him my voice and soul if I could have an ounce of, like, the if his artistic talent. talent. Yeah, he's so good. Mm-hmm. So he was the head of department, and actually, Kazuhiro, who just won the Oscar for Bombshell, he, he was one of the makeup artists that worked on it. Hell yeah! Which is which is super cool. He's also really talented. But yeah, he was one of the makeup artists that applied on Jim Carrey. And there was 104. I looked on IMDb just to see, like, how many makeup artists there were. And 104 makeup artists are credited on this film, which is, I mean, that's wild. That's a lot of humans. That's so many people. But there was so much makeup. This was at a time, too, when, like, CGI, they're, obviously they use CGI lots, but they wanted to keep this film quite practical. What's well, fantastic. Yeah. Because then you've got to imagine if it ended up being something like Cats. Right. I How mean, tragic. Grinch wouldn't, light wouldn't be the same. No, it wouldn't. It definitely mm. wouldn't. Um, so I guess I'll go into Jim Carrey's makeup as yes. the Grinch first. Yes. Yes. The yes. Green Demon. Yes. So played by Jim Carrey. Amazing. Wouldn't have been the same without him. No. He just did such a good job embodying. I that. love him in Liar Liar. Where he, have you seen the outtake section? No, but you told me about this. I, I need know. to go see I it. I do it all the time, though. When he's like... And then he like makes a That's little... actually what Ruby did before we filmed this <laughs> I do it every morning upon awakening. I just like get out all that negative energy I built up with like Oh, that's the negative Jim, energy. That's the negative energy. Jim Carrey sound effects of just like shola. Oh my god. <laughs> Too much. Um he spent over a thousand hours in this makeup. That's gross. Which is That's not okay. That's insane. Oh my lord. Yeah, well they filmed like, over ninety two days, so <sighs> 92 days. He spent 92, 92 days, days in his makeup. In makeup is... Which is a lot. His skin would have been like... Oh, not great. <laughs> would have been like, not great. Not fun. No. He would have had to have a lot of facials. Oh, many. I'm sure. Yeah, so they took two and a half hours to apply it and an hour to remove it every day. So fast. Amazing. That's crazy to me that they did that in two and a half hours. Mm. All that makeup. And also, like... That's three and a half hours in the trailer, which is actually, I mean, for a, for a, as a makeup artist, an application that's two and a half hours is not a long time. But I guess for an actor to be sitting still every day in the morning, yeah. you come in, you sit down for two and a half hours. It would it would get taxing for sure. Yeah. Especially for someone who doesn't, I mean, Jim Carrey's known for not really enjoying a lot of makeup. It would that's be like um, Mike Myers. He writes all these characters mm-hmm. with like heavy, full transformations, but he hates makeup. Yeah. Like pick one. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> One or the other. Come on. Yeah. But, um, so when Rick Baker was hired onto this film, he pretty much right away, he knew what he wanted the Grinch to look like. He knew that he 
you know, the kind of, and especially with Jim Carrey, like he knew how he wanted to take Jim Carrey's face. So they did about six makeup tests during pre-production with different levels of makeup. Some of them actually only had paint and hair. Some of them had like full prosthetic face, the whole thing. And then other ones, it was just paint. And actually, if you go on YouTube, you can see footage of these these makeup tests of what the Grinch Mm. would have looked like had they gone with a different, different look. But I'm, I'm happy that they they it looks it the way very they much like the illustrations from Doctor Zeus. I think he did a really good job at like mm-hmm. translating that into a live action. Absolutely. Um, so they ended up choosing kind of like a happy. It was kind of like a happy medium. I think it was a good amount of paint and a good amount of prosthetics. He chose foam latex, which makes sense. And because it's Jim Carrey with an expressive face, he like, I mean, this that's like his thing, how he moves his face and yeah. like the faces he makes. They kept it as thin as they could in a lot of areas where there was a lot of movement. So, like, places where the face doesn't really move. So, for example, like, the nose was a lot thicker because they could do it. Yeah. But then places, like, where his, like, smile lines or jowls would have been, they're keeping. I love a good jowl. Right? I can see mine coming in. Oh, me too. It's rough. It's really not. I'm just going to, like, fully bathe into being 24 and seeing my future jowls. Side story, mm-hmm. my boyfriend went to the doctor a couple weeks ago. He was like, he actually just went to like, just get a back massage. And the From per- the doctor? <laughs> what? It's like the back doctor. Oh, the chiropractor. <laughs> yes. The chiropractor. <laughs> he went to go see a chiropractor. My He works as a programmer, like for like, in a web designer and that kind of so he spends like all of his time hunched over at a computer yeah, yeah. so he gets like a sore back a lot so he went to the chiropractor and the chiropractor was like oh my you've got the scoliosis oh it's not we joked about scoliosis earlier we he did has it. he has it very mild he like oh my god okay if you ask I, him about I it i actually have scoliosis too it's actually really common apparently yeah daniel's level is like not major like yeah it's no, like some people have tough like operations yeah it's so horrific yeah, yeah it's like just so far from where it's meant to be whereas mm-hmm. daniel's is really not that far it's like a very minor version that's the same as mine but scoliosis buddy yeah. hey <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask him about it he'll i'm not even he'll pull up his x-rays for you like he loves showing people he it's like x-rays? he has the x-rays of his spine yeah so i never got x-rays but anyway back to the stretches he has to do these stretches every day mm-hmm. and like one of them is just like he just basically leans back Nice. To stretch his spine. And the other one, he has to, like, push his chin back. What? (laughs) And it's so funny to watch. I feel bad laughing because he's just trying to better his back. (laughs) But but we'll be, like, on the bus or on, like, the train or whatever, and I'll look over, and he's, like, pushing his face back into his neck. Like, (laughs) he's just trying to stretch, but it just looks so odd. Get those in when you can. Uh, Yeah. The doctor said you need to do it, like, every 10 minutes. Which what? I'm like, no, in what not... world can you do that? That's not... Cr- what? I know. I don't think he does it that often. I Wait, would say he probably does it, like, twice a day, but... Has time to do it every 10 minutes. <laughs> right. You get fired from a job. You would. They'd be like, why do you keep standing up and doing weird faces? Bliss. And then he would pull up his x-ray, and then it would all... Yeah. It would all make sense. He'd probably right. post his x-ray on the office. Scoliosis of the week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, if you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> On all our social media platforms that do not exist. But please, like if you can relate. Uh, I love you. You're funny. <laughs> I actually need to wee a little bit now because oh, no. my, it made me laugh. <laughs> I've made you laugh that much that you're going to have to go pee? Well, I also have a very weak bladder. Okay. A you lot just of complimented m- me and then you just took it away. <laughs> We're so talking cruel. about medical history in a makeup podcast. <laughs> 
anyone who's listening to it, maybe one person, probably your mum, is just fast forwarding to like the actual makeup. Yeah, we're right like, now. when are they gonna talk about anything? Wait, we started off strong, and now there's a big tangent on totally spines. This is how a normal conversation with Ruby goes with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we? I'm just gonna take it from yeah. He did the six makeup tests, different mm. levels. Eventually, they came across. They were like a happy medium of prosthetic and paint, and um, they made it out of foam latex. That's what I would use now. Absolutely. If I was ever doing a Grinch movie, he also wore scleral lens, scleral lenses, which basically they that covered the whole eye. Wow. And he hated those. He hated them. Of I think course. That was probably his least favorite part of the makeup because one, they're uncomfortable, but then two, they use so much fake snow. That the fake snow would always get stuck in his... Oh, my God. Stuck in his eyes. That's the worst. Yeah. And then you'd have to, like, take out the contact and clean it. It would be a pain in the butt. That would really, really suck. It'd be really annoying. That was pretty much Jim Carrey's makeup, though. He didn't enjoy being in makeup at all. And Kazuhiro did his makeup? Yeah. He was one of the artists that did his makeup. Mm. Um, I don't think Kazuhiro enjoyed. Yeah. It's kind of like an industry-known thing. It is. That... Jim Carrey and Kazuhiro had a very interesting relationship, and he quit. He did, yeah. No, he he was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, yeah, I mean, I, Jim Carrey, I think too. He just really, really hated the makeup process. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think he would take some of that frustration out on Kazuhiro. Well, it's unfortunate because yeah. he seems like the sweetest, most polite. Yeah, when you watch interviews, beautiful with him, man. He, he's, <laughs> very like soft-spoken like very like doesn't he's not a loud person so i feel like it probably and it would be a lot for someone who's like if if he is like that if he is like soft-spoken i feel like it would be a lot to work with someone like jim carrey who seems so like on the other end of the spectrum exactly yeah Hmm. that's awesome yeah but he came back he quit but he came back of course yeah a little fun fact about jim carrey and the grinch makeup actually they hired a cia trainer (gasps) for torture (laughs) <laughs> which I'm like okay Carrie like a little dramatic <laughs> but, but yeah they hired someone who basically helps CIA agents train for if they're ever captured and tortured like how to survive that wow they hired him to talk to Jim Carrey about being in makeup can you imagine no actually <laughs> I, I cannot imagine like that was a heavy makeup and you know what I don't think I'd do very well in that like foam with multiple adhesives and mm-hmm. yak hair and glue glue and your whole body. Yes. But I'd still like to think that you'd respect the person that's just trying to do their job. Yeah, right? At the end of the day, like, I'm sure he doesn't want to be there at, like, whatever, 5 o'clock in the morning just as much as you do. Yeah. You know? And, like, I think at the like, you, you both want to get out of there as soon as you can. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been a very tiresome sh- production. It, it would have been a long 92 days. An extremely long 92 days. <laughs> For everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the Who's. I love the Who's. Do it. They're so cute. I know. The little little snub nose. Rick, Rick Baker didn't know what he wanted the Who's to look like at all. Like, he knew what the Grinch... He, he was confident with what he wanted the Grinch to look like, but he had no idea what he wanted the Who's to look like. Production had told, them that, told him that they wanted them to look otherworldly, predominantly human, but most importantly, they wanted them to still be cute. Like, mm. they're still a cute character. Don't make them look, like, scary, basically. Which mm. is what was happening. Rick Baker actually said that when he was designing them and trying to emphasize their Seuss features, they were becoming, and he, he says, <laughs> this is a quote, they were becoming 
like something from a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, my. So, so, and actually, he does have, again, like, you can watch videos of these makeup tests as well. And some of them are just very, very odd. Like, there's one, and he's, like, this tall, skinny man. And then he has, like, a beer belly, but it's, like, lower than... No. You know what I mean? Like, a woman, like, you know, when a woman's pregnant and the baby starts to get, like, positioning for birth (laughs) and their bump gets lower. Right. Does that happen? But... I've heard I that. People do say, like, oh, have has the baby dropped yet? Do they say that? Speaking from both of us being no non-mothers. Yeah. whatsoever. I mean, we have mothers. Yes, but <laughs> aren't we lucky? <laughs> anyway, so he had a beer belly. But it was really low. Like, it was like... What? It was like... Was his, it a prosthetic? Yeah. What? Yeah, it was like a prosthetic that they attached Ew. to him. It was almost where his crotch should have been. What? It was very odd. You need, For the I'll, who's? I'm going to include this... In, in our, like, little description. Because I think everyone should <laughs> look at what the who's could have looked like. It sounds like Tutankhamun. It was scary. Tutankhamun was, like, he- very, very, like, disformed, apparently. Right. Because he was so interbred with, like, bloodlines. My God. Yeah, and apparently he had, like, a, a very, like, feminine physique. He was very, like, Voluptuous. That's voluptuous. The word yeah. But also, like, had, like, a club foot and, like, a little... Oh, my God. <laughs> And, like, a weird stomach and this little, like, no chin kind of face. It's just like someone, like, took a magazine and, like, cut up a bunch of different pictures and then stuck them all together. Yeah. And then they're like, amazing, this will be our prince. <laughs> <laughs> this is our leader. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what it kind of sounds like. This. That's guy. honestly what they look like. Wow. Yeah, I'm really happy that they ended up finding a, a good way to not have those go on camera. <laughs> um, most of the most of the who creatures, they ended up having usually upper lip and a nose piece. That was pretty much what all of them got. Yeah. And then some of them, they'd add like a forehead piece or funny ears um, and a lot of wigs. There's yes. a lot of wigs involved. Beautiful hair work. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And yeah, I think, and then the eyelashes, they put the eyelashes on. The, like you know how they all had like those three long yeah, little curly yeah. eyelashes, which I think is another cute thing to add. Like I think it that is, that was like, a really good way of them to bring back kind of like a non-scary element. Mm-hmm. They got these little long eyelashes. Yeah, it makes them look approachable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Why? <laughs> that's super cute. Um, and some of them even had dental pieces. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which the Grinch did. He had a yeah. He wore a dental piece. I hope so. <laughs> just his real teeth like well i wouldn't pass it by jim carrey well that's shady <laughs> he's also in the new sonic movie i didn't realize that. i didn't know that either i literally found that out like two days I ago i saw him on the poster and i was like them I, eyebrows i recognize that i didn't even recognize him on the poster what? he's been mia for a while hmm understandable. i think he's been painting hasn't he been getting into like I, different forms of artwork yes and he's releasing a cookbook oh amazing yeah oh my god that's your christmas gift <laughs> thank you <laughs> And at the end of all of this planning and prep work and 92 days that everyone spent in makeup and just the stress that they all felt, the makeup department, they got an Oscar for Best Makeup. And it was the only Oscar this film brought home. Fantastic. Which is really cool. Well-deserved. Honestly, yes. Well-deserved. Yeah. It was a great creature makeup. It was really good. It is so distinctive. Yeah, absolutely. That will forever, like, and even the color of his green, that's like, oh, Grinch is green. Yeah, exactly. And people say that, like, when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're painting something and someone's like, we need, like, a Grinch green, which is, Rick Baker does a really, I mean, prosthetics are just his thing. Like, he's just, like, in terms of. He's, like, out of this world. It's amazing. Yeah. His, I mean, even if you just go on his Instagram page, like, he's retired now. He doesn't work on set anymore. He doesn't? No, I don't think so. He still designs, though. He still designs. 
I'm pretty yeah. sure he still designs. And I'm pretty sure that he'll probably... I think that people can hire him to do up designs or sculpts for them. Oh, he must. But I don't think he'll, like, head a department of film. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that I about him. I think he's all retired with that. Thick. But just for fun, he'll, like do these crazy makeups on him and his, he has two daughters. I've seen these. Their the Halloween yes, makeups. Their Halloween is at their family's insane. It's insane. The whole family gets into it. Like the two daughters, they get they Those get are fun. The mom does it. Like and they're wild. And you did this one where it's like a prosthetic that goes into your tongue and it basically makes someone look like they've got a split tongue. Like the two you know Wow. What I mean? And it's How like does a, he do that? A I tongue have is no, so hard to I have put no, a prosthetic and he can on. Move. It's wet. I don't understand. I have no idea how he did it, but he posts this video, and he's got this, like, little piece that fits on over his tongue, and he can move it. It, like, separates. It's wild, man. This this He's guy, groundbreaking. He... What I can hero. just... I can only hope to be half as amazing as this man is. <laughs> like, half? What about 1%? I, I would take 1% in a day. Well, we talked about this. I'd give my left arm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty much all I got, though, so take it away. Cool. So I focused on... Okay, you're really excited to take it away from me. That's... <laughs> I've just been waiting. Just been <laughs> like, uh-huh, uh-huh, great, great. Anyway, okay, here I am. It's all about me. Thanks for coming in, Buffy. It's all about me. Okay, get out. So I am focusing on Euphoria, the beautiful American teen drama television series created by Sam Levinson that came out in June, July of 2000. 2019. So it's super new. I love it. Less than a year. And this took eight months to shoot. And that is a very long time for it's a TV series. Wild. There's only 10 episodes, isn't there? Yes. There's 10 episodes? Yes. So eight months for 10 episodes. No, I think they have eight episodes. Oh my god. Regardless, couldn't wait for every Sunday night. I was screaming at the television the majority of the time. So if you haven't seen it, or if you have, whatever, you know, I would you should. recommend. If you haven't, you should. Euphoria basically follows a group of high school students through their experiences of sex, drugs, friendships, love, identity, and trauma. All those amazing horror high school days. Just the best parts of being a teenager. I fucking hate when people are like, I would go back to high school in a heartbeat. And I'm like... Do people say that? Are I, there people that say I that? I have known people that have said that. Oh, wow. I would not. <laughs> I would not. Okay, the hours, like, nine till three. Amazing. Beautiful. Love Great. That. Anything else? No, fuck that shit. The hormones, and Just like the people, and, and everything. Like none of it matters. But you're in that little high school little bubble. Yeah, you're in this bubble that you think that like everything is like the most important thing that's going to happen in your life ever. Like, and at some the time. of it is. Like some of it's like super traumatic. You get yourself into these stupid, awful situations. situations. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just like so much pressure. And I don't know. I I did not enjoy high school. Me I, I was happy when it was over. Me too. So, yeah, it's basically about a, just a group of high school students, but it's so much more than that. The head of department was a beautiful, talented woman called Doniella Davey. I'm going to go by Donnie because that's how her Instagram name is. And yeah. I'm always scared that I'm going to mispronounce Doniella for Daniela. I don't know. Donnie's cool. Like, Donnie Davey. <laughs> and she also worked on Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk. She's super experienced, but she's super young, too. She's so young, which is crazy that she... I mean, and she's just so smart. Like, she's great at her job. Amazing, yeah. And her key on the production was a lady called Kirsten Sage Coleman. Also, I love her. Mm-hmm. They did, of course, have multiple assistants due to the amount of cast members, and they had huge, like, background extra party scenes. 
Um, also being set in a high school, mm-hmm. there's a lot of background going on there. For sure. So I'd also like to thank them and recognize those artists too for being members of the production and the mm-hmm. team. I found a few names, but I don't know what level, but... It's hard to know like what capacity they were there. Yeah, but I know they would have had help and what a production that would have been to work on. They were nominated for Best Contemporary Makeup in a Television Series at the Hollywood Makeup Artist and Hair Stylist Guild Awards. They did lose, unfortunately, to Big Little Lies. I shouldn't say lose. They'll get another time. Definitely. You're not losing. Just to be nominated. Yeah. Bloody fantastic. But Big Little Lies did take the cake home on that one. Great TV show. I haven't seen that one. <sighs> okay. I drove through Monterey, what's where the Californian city, uh, town, sorry, like mm-hmm. Beach Hub, it's set, and the whole time I was just like, what's the uh, intro? It means to nothing to me. Okay, it's really beautiful. I kind of put it on as a, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, my eyeball was touching the TV screen. <laughs> I like, couldn't get enough. <laughs> anyway, this is about Euthoria, not about Big Little Lies. So this show is for sure based around glamour and beauty makeup than it being more of the prosthetic side it definitely Mm -hmm. is revolving around the avant-garde kind of makeup spectrum end and i also want to go back to sam levinson the creator he watches youtube beauty tutorials for his own which is amazing enjoyment a great guy so that's really fun so he he kind of knows what he's talking about and he loves makeup so that's also a really fun person to collaborate with and also someone and it sounds like he did gave them a lot of time and well for sure gave them a lot of freedom so that's cool Sam wanted the makeup to be her own full expression of what was going on with the characters. And Donnie Davey is the best person to take that on and really, like, go through a storytelling process. She really does. It's like there's, like, a whole evolution. I mean, like, wherever there's a story arc to the character, there's an arc to their makeup. Absolutely. Like, there's, like, a beginning, a middle, and end. Like, it all... With every character. Yeah, yeah. Um, they really wanted to explore what was the journey of these characters and a quote from Donnie that I found was, who do I want to summon today? What version of myself do I want to be today? And that was a very big mantra when designing these looks and coming up with all these possibilities for mm-hmm. all the different characters in the show. Um, because each character's growth and arc, as we were just saying, is so understood and reflected in their makeup. But something I really, really love about the series is that no one ever talks about it. Um, there's a character called Jules, and she has, like, neon eyeshadow with geometric shapes over her face, mm-hmm. like a bloody Salvador Dali artwork. Or a character, Maddie, has, like, a small chain she wears across her upper eyelid, but no one ever makes a single comment, like, in the script. Like, it's never talked about in the show, like, oh, your makeup looks weird. Or, what are you wearing? Yeah, exactly. What it totally would have been in my high school. Oh, same. I would have been ripped the shit out of. I, will, I was, like, an emo kid for a while. Me too. <laughs> Friends. Mm-hmm. And I had so much eyeliner on. Me too. Oh, my God. My first day at my high school, mm. I, like, went all out with my makeup. Like, it was, like... You were making a statement. I was. I was, like, don't mess with me. Angsty. And I got to school, and, like, all the girls have no makeup on. They're wearing Blundstones, and, like... Honestly, my school was, like, the Visco girl before there was a Visco girl. <laughs> that was, like, my school's, like... Aesthetics. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, they... They, back in Newfoundland, that's where the Visco girl was born. That sweet East Coast little island. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, Tore that place apart. <laughs> and, yeah, what I really like is that it's not talked about. And it's all these bold, unconventional makeups that are completely normal in Euphoria's hyper-realistic depiction of what it's like to be a teenager in America. Mm-hmm. 
so stylish. Or just a teenager in general, yeah. not even in America. Um, so Donnie really understood that, and her details are pretty outstanding. Everything was thought about and executed perfect, perfectly. Everything she had or did was with a purpose. And if you check out her Instagram page, she's great for giving full rundowns and use of products on each look for oh, the characters. Oh, it's amazing. They're like short stories. Honestly, it's, it's like she's almost putting out the whole breakdown from the show. And yeah. like on top of that, it's like why she did it. And I really love that she is so detailed with all these thought processes and products and how they did it and all these amazing like shots of the makeup and the designs of the makeup. Because some people don't like sharing makeup. Some people do a great makeup, but they are not willing to share how they did yeah, that. Yeah, it's very, it's like, well, the, people are just like, I don't want you to copy it. Exactly. My, my method. Or... That is not the case with her. No. I could like scroll her Instagram for 10 hours of the day. I have, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. And no character had an episodic look. Each character changed makeups throughout the day, or even with an outfit change, or even if they had a, a, an emotion, the mm-hmm. makeup would be appear differently, or it would be a new makeup. And they really worked with creating these looks with the actors too, by changing skin texture, or even if they would be wearing makeup at this moment. So it was a really big creative collaboration for sure. Donnie would also have for the scene, the lighting in the trailer. While, so she could turn it on and off to show like the pigmentation or yeah. what was show. And, like, I remember bringing this up to our friend Brooke, who's a great makeup artist, and she's like, yeah, it happens all the time. And I was like, no, Donnie, Davey does it. And she awesome. started it. <laughs> yeah. Don't disrespect her like that ever again. But that was groundbreaking for me, and I was like, of course. And it makes sense, because Euphoria has so many, like, I mean, when they ever, like, party scenes and, it's like, like dream sequences. It's violet, right, kind of red, like, mm-hmm. very, it's never normal. Daylight. Warm light, no. It's no. always, like, blue, red, green. There's something going on. Yeah, for sure. Great show for cinematography as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to focus on a character called Cassie. I thought about talking about all different characters briefly, but there's so many, and they all have such crazy looks that I just don't think I'd give it justice trying to, like, spread mm-hmm. time because each of them should deserve their own dissertation because they're so different so in much. character yeah. and makeup look. Uh, this is actually a character that I hoped wouldn't give away too much about the show if you haven't seen it by talking about their makeup because spoilers suck and there are some big ones that I'd want to talk about that reflect the makeup with different characters, but it would be really hard to avoid like big plot lines. I mean, Cassie has those big plot twists and stories, but I just felt it maybe a bit easier to communicate. Right. Their subliminal emotional messaging is their game. That, yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. definitely what they're mm-hmm. strongest at. So... Cassie is played by an actress called Sydney Sweeney. I just watched you dribble that out of your mouth. She took a sip of water and it's like down her shirt and like slowly dropped down her chin and I just didn't break eye contact. Okay, let's just let yeah, whatever. Anyway. Paint that picture in your mind. Bada boom, bada bing. Anyway. Forget about it. But her character is not an obvious one for makeup because she is objectively that attractive girl in high school that always had like the male attention. You know there's always that one girl. Yes. Yeah, she's her. But on a deeper level, she's a girl who puts heaps amount of energy into being loved and wanted. So Cassie's makeup was designed and applied by a mixture of Donnie, Davey, and Kirsten Coleman, depending on the day. Um, and they work a lot like this. Taking turns. Yeah, yeah. Which What's is nice interesting. Because well. mm. usually it's, you have a character at the beginning of the show, and that's your character mm. like throughout the show. You know what I mean? Just like, depended on the day. Yeah, which is awesome. Mm. Yeah, so throughout the show, we see Cassie 
and the sort of makeup you were told growing up that would attract men. You know, that shitty, misogynistic bullshit that they're like, oh yeah, smoky eye, red mm. lips, all the boys will love that. <laughs> and anyway, so nice yeah. Nice little wing. <laughs> that was my attempt at being Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she does have smoky eyes and she's got flushed cheeks, nothing too crazy or colorful, very sultry, flattering, but like kind of frankly quite boring. Deep, yeah. Compared it's, to like the other sh- oh, characters. Y- yeah, when you put an extra jewel, jewel jewels, yeah. you're like, it's just, too, it's so different. Absolutely. Um, and on yet on any other show, I wouldn't think twice about Cassie's makeup, but in the context of Euthoria, it like fascinates me mm. because it reflected who she was. Um, and I love this because they had so much creative freedom and the wilder the better with this show, but I think it promotes actually a stronger artist who is thinking about storytelling as a whole and not just a single mindedly on the makeup. And because Cassie wouldn't wear those more adventurous looks. So, yeah. Like, they could have easily been like, yeah, let's give everyone, like, glitter eyes and do this and do this and let's give this to Cassie. But she wouldn't have worn that. Uh, her character wouldn't have ever worn that. Yeah. So I really like that they didn't get carried away as a makeup artist and what they oh, could no, do. Oh, there was intention. With every makeup, there was intention. Uh-huh. The makeup I love in Cassie is in episode eight, and it's her fantasy look when she's ice skating. One, great makeup, glitter, and diamonds, very fun. Two, costume, brilliant. Three, it's on an ice rink and she's ice skating. Wow. Four, the lighting and cinematography is a wonder. So overall, I was pretty mesmerized. That's how you keep Ruby happy. (laughs) And Davey stated this makeup was a reflection of the opposite side of Cassie's present situation. And she also wanted it to match the costume. So it was kind of like, she's going through this. So in her fantasy, what would be the complete other end of the spectrum? What would she look like if right. this wasn't happening? How she wants to be almost. It's yeah. almost like, oh, just so good. Yeah. So for this makeup, she said she didn't actually have a concrete plan. What is very rare for her. She's normally very organized with all this. But she had done multiple sketches, designs on herself. She even made a peacock feather mask, but decided it would obstruct her view. So nothing really felt right. So during this, Donnie came up with a look and had Kirsten and other and another assistant called Tara Lang help her apply these beautiful like diamantes and glitter. And then they did it again on the stunt double. So they didn't really know what was happening until like, Sydney Sweeney kind of sat in the chair and then they were still giving that play of all three artists like going at it and then and then replicated it on the stunt double so if you haven't seen this series and you are unsure on what this look like unsure on what this look looks like you can for sure find it in their Instagrams but also we want to start sharing these talked about looks on our website Mm -hmm. so or in our bio Something like that, you know. You'll find them. When we do it. We'll we'll leave them around. <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> Whatever. But to describe it now, it's pretty epic. Sydney Sweeney had this large winged blue and green eyeshadow covered in a similar color palette in diamantes and rhinestones going around the eyeshadow shape and then her on top of her eyeline and her bottom. Her like waterline. Mm-hmm. Not her waterline. That would be so awful. Imagine putting a rhinestone Diamond. on someone's waterline. <laughs> like, acting as eyeliner. Her her um, lower lash line. Yes. That's where they put it. Lower lash line. Lower lash line. Um, now we're sounding like Jim Carrey. <laughs> and her base is very polished, very smooth, and balanced with a pinkish matte lip and a soft blush and brushed through brows. She has these silver diamonds and rhinestones all over her face and they look effortlessly placed but I'm sure they're pretty much mirrored Mm -hmm. Um, and had a lot of thought about 
And they also feed into her hair as well. So it's like in this kind of, it's back and it's gelled and these rhinestones come off her face and into her hair. I love that. Yeah. And with the costumes and the lights, it really ties together. The products they used on Sydney Sweeney was Charlotte Tilbury's Magic Foundation, MAC Cosmetics Lipstick Liner and Blush. They don't actually mention the shade, but the lip liner looks like a mix between Dervish and Spice. And the blush could be maybe the MAC shade Peaches. A Mm. Maybelline Color Tattoo is used in green and turquoise as an eyeshadow base with color pop cosmetic shadow on top with loads of rhinestones from Amazon. That's basically what she put Amazing. in her bio. <laughs> and they were most likely applied with a simple adhesive like eyelash glue. What I've heard, House of Lashes eyelash glue is bloody amazing. Like, And that's what they used a lot on you for, isn't uh, it? That was like their go-to. Yes, and that's where a lot of their lashes came from. So I'm guessing it was maybe applied. Their rhinestones were applied with the lash glue. Yeah, that's Or maybe a stronger thinking. adhesive. Regardless, they stayed. Also, I enjoy the uses of blue and that wing shape because in the Halloween episode, Cassie dresses up as Alabama from True Romance, the film from the 90s. And I can kind of see why they chose that character too for Cassie. Um, so that's pretty cool. But this look doesn't use rhinestones and has a bright lip. It resembles the original character mm-hmm. of Alabama's look, who's actually a prostitute and got male attention, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But they break this look down so well, the progression of the night is very detailed. I was and just going to say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, the way she looks when she starts the night versus the end of the night is just like... It's so it's so natural looking. Like you would never think that somebody yeah, actually he, went in and, and purposely broke it down. Yeah, it's not like comedic. No, looking. it's it's very realistic. Yeah, and I find it interesting because her fantasy of herself. She has this prominent blue electric like eye look, and she involves that in her Halloween look, almost like she's trying to pull it out of herself, but she's scared. Maybe that's just my silly opinion, though. No, I agree. And I think it's actually really interesting that they chose... Because in the first episode, in the pilot, there are some boys that are having a conversation about Cassie mm-hmm. and about, you know, who she is and whatever. And it's funny that they chose... I mean, this is going to be might, might be spoilers. I don't know. So skip ahead if you don't if you haven't watched it. But it's interesting that they chose her Halloween costume to be a, a character that's a prostitute mm-hmm. because of how they describe her. Like how... Right at the beginning. How Nate and all of his... I hate that scene. I, I hated it too. I, honestly, it's it was just, so relevant and good and like was such a good introduction to that But it also, it also makes you sick. I like, yeah, the script is amazing, but yeah. I, yeah, the way they talk about girls. It's just so cruel. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And how they it, talk about Cassie. Like they're talking about her yeah. like. And she feeds into that. She, yeah, no, she does. For sure. Yeah. I also want to add that I love Cassie's sister in the show <laughs> because on that Halloween episode too, she dresses up as Bob Ross for Amazing. the Halloween party. <laughs> and I just think that's great. And Drake also is a producer on the show, like, you know, musician mm-hmm. Drake. And there is this hilarious photo of the actress who plays Cassie's sister meeting him for the first time dressed <laughs> up as Bob Ross. And it's like on her Instagram and it's just like her as Bob Ross meeting oh Drake. Like, <laughs> hi, like didn't think this would happen. <laughs> uh, clearly I'm not ready, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And also cool that like, you know, Cassie went as Alabama from True Romance and her sister went as Bob Ross. Like it just shows us. So oh, different. absolutely. It shows how mm-hmm. different they are. Yeah. Overall, the show provides a crescendo of makeup looks. Just so many. And that's it. That's all I got. It's an amazing show. Mm-hmm. There's some great acting in it too. Hmm. Like Zendaya's in it. She plays the lead. Yeah. Rue. 
Yeah, and she's her, great. She just does an amazing job. She's won it. quite a few awards for that performance too. It's crazy, and it's it's interesting to like even just her as like her acting journey, like from she was a Disney kid. She was, yeah, and like how far she's come with her roles and her like just her. I mean, she's so good. Yeah, they originally didn't want to cast her because of her background of playing this like never playing these like experimental like dark roles it is a very gritty role she definitely like moved who she was as an actress oh yes to be typecast in a different kind of realm than what she was originally being in yeah it definitely that that role is rude definitely shed that like cutesy you know innocent girl absolutely it it definitely like opened her up for a lot more dark Mm -hmm. scary roles i'm really excited for season two yeah i think it will be just as good we need to get on that somehow it's not out yet. I know, but when they start shooting, we need yes. to find a way to get oh, onto in, this set. Yes. Maybe your security guard friend, maybe he knows a security guard <laughs> sneak us in. The one who hangs out in the back of the yeah, truck. There's like looking. a network of security guards that will maybe. infiltrate. They do film in the Culver City Studios. We'll tell her that we'll work for free. I'll work I would work for her for free. Oh. I would tell I would just go there just to cut her sponges and get to like watch her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so it's definitely recording. Okay. We are ready to go. I thought I did three, two, one. We just recorded like a whole outro, outro, and just to find out it none of it was recorded. I mean, it's That's... somewhat saving the world, <laughs> and we get to redo some stuff, kind of like how um, Pam from The Office will like she goes back in time. No, what do you want about <laughs> The Office? Isn't about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> kind of how, like, when she'll put Michael through to someone. Oh. <laughs> but she'll give him, like, a rehearsal, and then he'll say something weird, and then she's like, okay, no, that was still me. Now I'm patching you through. She's like, I like to give him a second run through. <laughs> he does a lot better the second time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about our product again. Just get back on track. Honestly, we saved you guys, like, 20 minutes of tangent. Yeah, pretty much. Nothing important. We decided that during this podcast... We'd like to do a product of the podcast or a product of the week, depending on when we record. But this episode, we want to talk about Mario Badescu. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mario Badescu. I think that's right. Someone somewhere's going to be like, we, you're saying it wrong. Yeah. I'm not even going to pretend like I am confident that I'm saying that right. I've already used the dyslexia card, but I'm throwing it in again. Okay. And also, I'm going to throw it in because there's a spot solution. That's what we're going to talk about. It's really good for blemishes. The ingredients are... S- s- sol- I always pronounce it wrong. It's salicylic. Salicylic. Salicylic, yeah. yeah. We said celiac last time, which is... It's very different. Very, not even the same realm <laughs> of things. <laughs> so salicylic, acid, sulfur, and calamine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very and, effective treatment. Yes. And my... <laughs> partner actually surprised me with this acne repair kit from Mario Bedescu. Great gift. Could have seemed really, really fucking rude. It could have, but I don't think it was. It's because I was talking about how bad my skin was and how I like his products and how I have one of his products. But I was like, I'm not going to spend the money on myself because why spend money on me when I should just spend money on like uh, my yes. kit, my makeup kit? Fuck the me. The conundrum that isn't being a makeup artist. Right. He bought it for you. Yeah, he was a sweet baby angel. He and he just got me like the full little acid acid he got me tabs of acid (laughs) oh god no he got me 
um, the <laughs> acne, like, starter That's kit. That's what you were trying to say. <sighs> acne and you said acid. I love yep. that. And it's been award-winning, apparently. It's super effective, too. Mm-hmm. And if you have a pale or pinky Fair. undertone mm-hmm. um, to your skin, an actress actually taught me in Buffy this, that she put it onto her spot and then would blend it out so you can kind of wear it throughout the day. Yeah, so it's just combating your acne while you're taking on life. But don't shake the bottles. Only shake when instructed to. I did it on the drying lotion. Not good. Got shattered at by head of department. <laughs> Long story short, to don't open the box. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just stare at it and your acne will be cured. <laughs> and then in addition to our product of the podcast, we thought we'd also do a little tip, if you will. A fun fact. For the week. I like fun fact better. Okay. Talk about your fun fact. I will. So on this production that Ruby and I uh, have been working on, got a lot of lace pieces, a lot of beards and mustaches. Mm-hmm. And um, the actor that I've been assisting, he's got skin that just doesn't like telesis, which is a silicone-based adhesive. And for some reason, it's just not, they just don't get along, Telsis and him. No. It's just not meant to be. So we were struggling a lot with sta- getting his lace pieces to stay down and not, and not peel off as he's talking and acting. And no one wants to see lace. No. Nobody. It's got to be invisible. It's like herpes. Seamless. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got to be seamless. Continue <laughs> with your fun fact. <laughs> yeah, so Telsis just does not get along with him. So we had another artist come on for a day, and he was telling us that uh, we should try Super Baldies, which is basically a liquid plastic. It's usually used for encapsulating silicone uh, when making prosthetics, and it dissolves with 99% alcohol. Mm-hmm. So we decided to give it a try, because what do you have to lose? And it actually worked so well on him. It was really good as an adhesive for the lace, and because it, it kind of just does, it kind of almost cures Mm. You know, it, like, dries. It starts as a liquid, kind of like a slimy, like, sticky thing. And then it dries down to this, like, hard... Not hard. It's quite flexible, actually, but plastic. Yeah, and I'd never to think to put... No, me either. ...as an adhesive. Right? But it actually does such a good job with the lace. It kind of just messes in with the, la- the lace really well. You can't see mm. the lace at all, It does hardly. its job. It does a really good job. And then how do you remove it? So then we just soaked it in 99, and then because How do you remove it from the actor? Oh, with, with, that's the thing. It's, we had to remove it with a 99. Ah, uh, yes. so it's a little harsher. But, but at the same time, when you're using lace products, that's usually, I mean, usually you're not using ISO or anything. Like no, Mira you don't State, want anything too oily. oily. on the lace, right? So, I mean, usually when we would remove lace, we'd be using 70. But yeah, that's what we were using. And then when we cleaned the lace, we just soaked it in 99. And because it's like a plastic, it kind of bonds to itself. So it kind of just, you just pull it right off. It was, it, the removal is amazing. Yes. So that was our little fun fact, our little tidbit of knowledge. That's awesome. That we learned. We did good, kid. kid? I think. I don't know. Partner? Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> fun story about Bonnie and Clyde. It doesn't have anything to do with Bonnie and Clyde, but I found this video on Facebook, and I guess, like, someone, the police had, like, left out this car. You know, they leave those, like, cars that they're, like, break into me. Yeah. To, like, catch people breaking into cars. Wait, that seems unfair. It does seem a little unfair, but yeah, they, like, had this, like, car that was left unlocked, and they had, like, valuable things, or what, what, I guess, like, a fake laptop in the back. Oh, so there's not a sign saying break into me. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, they're just planting it. It's, like, a fake car, Yeah. It's like to catch people in the act of 
of breaking into mm-hmm. a car. Anyway, and this this person had broken into a car, and because the car has cameras and microphones in it because it's like made to catch people. And this this couple had broken into the car, and they and she's like, "Oh yeah, baby, Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde," <laughs> and like he's like, "Yeah, that's right, baby, we're Bonnie and Clyde." It's like breaking into this car, oh and she's God. like, "Fuck yeah, baby, I just found a laptop," and they're just like having the best time they, of their life. Do they know how that story ends? No, clearly. I don't Both think... being gunned down in yeah, the street. I don't think they knew the end of Bonnie and Clyde, but they were Bonnie and Clyde in their eyes. Anyway, <laughs> and, and then the police come because, you know, they're breaking into a, a police car. And uh, the police are, like, you know, trying to arrest them. And they're like, oh, we just were trying to lock the doors. We noticed the doors were unlocked. Oh, no. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde locking the doors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's wrap this baby up. Self wrap. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our first podcast. I'm sorry it's a mess. We'll get better, we promise. This has been Blush and Steph. Bye. Bye.